Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Thanks, man. I heard Luis was kidnapped also. What? Luis. Uh, yeah, I actually know a number of people who have been kidnapped. <laughs> and we're about to add to it. <laughs> and we are about to add to it. Yes, I had a friend once who was kidnapped by a paramilitary group. Uh, wow. I had another friend who's kidnapped at, uh, like, you know, one of those sort of express kidnappings they do in South America? Right. You've heard of these? I've heard of them. But they kind of get you involved? back for lunchtime. Sort of ah, right, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, but none of them quite top Francesco's story. So go ahead, Francesco. Now, basically, my parents met when they were kidnapped in Kuwait, 1991. Yeah, well, they are war journalists, so they kind of dangerous, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's that's a, is, that is really, <laughs> that's really How long were they kidnapped for? Eight days. Jesus. Eight so days. If I exist, thanks to whoever did that. Did they give them like food and water or what were the conditions? Like, I mean, it was way about? before uh, the 2000 when it was 1991. So in those days were, I mean, it's difficult to say that, but less dangerous than now. Okay. So the aim of the kidnapping wasn't really kill the journalist at the end was just to have like exchange of prisoner or money so okay i can't really tell what actually they did for to make them escape but but they got away <laughs> yeah they got away so and that's thought, the most important thing and you thought it was stressful again as latin's presentation last week it was way more important <laughs> <than that. laughs> that's the aim of what we do anybody else ever been kidnapped no Unfortunately not. Not yet. Really don't don't say no. Not no, yet. Yeah, not yet. Doesn't really happen in Oxford that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, never say never, Alex. It's disappointing. No? Don't know anyone. You look disappointed that you've never been kidnapped. No, I feel I'm a bit more than content to be not kidnapped. <laughs> no. At what age does kidnapping uh, stop? You but never really hear about kidnapping, kidnapping anymore. What? But like, what, what age, like, what age is it like a teenage nap or an adult nap? Yeah. <laughs> Guess when you become a teenager. Twelve, something around that. Mm. The big questions being debated. Yeah. <laughs> so joining me, Ian Court, on today's One Football Podcast is Matt Froelich. Hello. Francesco Porzio. Hello. And Alex Mott. Hello. Should you wish to get in touch, tell us what you think of the pod, send over any questions, etc. The address to do so is podcast at onefootball.com. We're back. We've had hundreds of emails over the break. Well, maybe not hundreds. <laughs> One or two. Uh, people wanting to know uh, what you did for Christmas, how you spent your New Year's. Alex, go first. Yeah, Alex, go first. Uh, Christmas was just at home, a lot of drinking, a lot of eating, yeah. working. A lot of working. A lot of working, yeah. but no, it was, uh, it was good. Glad to be back in Berlin there. And you did a nice charitable thing as well. Yeah, gave some money to charity instead of buying presents for my brother and sister. So that's my good deed done for the year. So he's yeah. good, he's good like that. Good egg, good, good, good egg. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, now you're you good for two, three years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Matt was in Dubai. I was in Dubai, yeah. Over Christmas, my brother and some family and his wife and yeah. went jet skiing. How was it cool. having a warm Christmas? Can't imagine that. That is actually, funny enough, the weirdest thing. Yeah. Because in Christmas, you're like, oh, it's cold outside and stay in or, you know, maybe you drag yourself to the pub and watch some Christmas movies. But instead, it was like sightseeing and jet skiing and like <laughs> going to the beach and just, it was it was a bit odd, mm. but I'm definitely down for it. I had one in Melbourne before and it was like 35 degrees and mm. I was with a friend's family and they were doing like turkey and the whole thing and it, it was surreal. Nah. Very, very I want to know what Santa wears. In Australia? Yeah. Do you well, maybe, like we have some, maybe we have some Australian listeners out there who could let us know what Santa wears. Yeah. I think they're more busy with other <laughs> podcast <laughs> stuff right now than listen to the One Full Podcast, but maybe, you never know, maybe it's not. You were back in Italy, Fran? I was back in Milan. Uh, and then I went up to the Alps for New Year's with my family. It was my present for my mom. Basically, we all we all separated because my brother lives in the States, my sister in Milan, me here. Mm -hmm. So we went all together for New Year's uh, in like a place with no phone, no internet. So a nightmare. How for did me. you survive? <laughs> it was really the, probably the worst two days of my life, but you know, I survived and here. So now I'm I'm back <laughs> to normality. Okay. And but it was nice. It was nice. You were there, Francesco, for what you have described as the best day of your life. I will say 
2020 for sure. <laughs> right. Okay. No, but yeah, it was a very, very good day for We're me. We're talking about Ibrahim. Ibrahim was back, back to Milan. Yeah, was uh, I was there for uh, I basically even for the presentation, but also when he arrived actually in Milan, it was super nice to see all these people, which is classic for Italy. You know, the people going to the airport and then to the presentation. I think. Doesn't happen in any other part of no the world. No country quite does airport greetings for players. We 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 actually love that, and uh, it was really really intense. Like <laughs> because Zlatan Ibrahimovic is loved in Milan by AC Milan fans, especially, and I would say also by Inter fans. And uh, so he was back after seven years. There were five hundred people waiting for him. Um, what are these people doing that they have time off during the day that they can go? Actually, visit Ibrahim I have to say, airport? most of them don't have a job. But that's another <laughs> thing. Uh, I have to say, in defense of these fans, that in Italy most of the people don't work until the seventh of January because uh, it's like uh, there is another festivity on the sixth. Mm-hmm. So most of most of us, I would say, but not me, of course, uh, they don't work between the first to the sixth, basically. So okay. it's normal that it's a holiday in that time. But the presentation was really, really nice, you know. And Did you get to touch his jacket or speak to him or anything? I like was that? like one meter next to him at one point. And, you know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic for me, it's... Everything like it was my um, my my hero when I was uh, when I was a kid. So it was very very nice to see him a few meters away from me. Okay. I was very touched by that. Let's say. How good is he going to be in Serie A? I will say that doesn't Milan will not change with him. I have to be honest. Even that after when he arrived, when he when he when he played the first game against Sampdoria, you could see a change in the, in the when he when he entered the pitch. But Milan, you mean from a, the fans or from the from the? No, from the fans. It's, uh, can we separate that? Because uh, from the fans' perspective, changed everything because they were really really disappointed with the season. Two managers few points, 23 points behind Inter and Juventus. So I would say the season is already over for Milan. But seeing Ibrahimovic back, it's a sort of belief in something. And even if that doesn't go through the Champions League qualification, even a Europa League qualification, but at least they go to the stadium to to do to watch something. And it's Ibrahimovic in this case. Okay. It's quite depressing if you think about it, but uh, it's enough for a fan's perspective to be happy about something. And uh, from a Ibrahimovic perspective and a Serie A perspective, I don't think he's going to change a lot because he's 38 years old. I mean, he will score goals, I'm sure. He will win games alone, but uh, I don't think it's enough to see a ch- big change in Milan, especially in a long term, because he will leave after six months, if not after one year. So, Oh, it's only a short-term thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. You already said that. Okay, and then where to after that? Is that that's it? Really retirement. Okay, he wouldn't yeah. like go over to Inter and then back to Juventus. And <laughs> no, 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 tracking his way no. back through Europe. I don't no. think Inter Juve will pay his salary for. for How much is he on? Uh, he's gonna earn four point five million year per per year, million per year. Yeah. What really? Yeah, four point five. Wow. Three million until June, mm-hmm. which is a lot, mm-hmm. and then four point five if he's going to renew the contract until two thousand twenty-one. Maybe I'm one of the few, but I find the whole Ebra shtick. Sick of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah I'm bored. Oh, you are too. Okay. Yeah, he's nearly forty years old. And he needs to grow up. If you ask me. Give up the lion thing. Yeah, that's a bit just... weird. And I, just, I, just, I mean, he was obviously a very good player once upon a time, but nah. If I was Milan, I would, I would, I don't know, I wouldn't pay that sort of money for him now. Was Inter his peak? I guess it was. Um, I think it was Milan when yeah. he came back from Barcelona that season when yeah. he won the Scudetto alone basically 2010-2011 yeah. he was amazing he was good last time Milan won the league was it? Yeah, yeah he was very good but yeah I'm just bored of him now the thing of Ibrahimovic that like he has the talent not the talent he has those kind of goals that makes you feel like he's the best player in the world but then he's not obviously yeah. but then when he scores those Scorpios yeah, goals or yeah. when mm, he occasionally does these random things that makes that backs up a bit of the hype but exactly. he, doesn't, he doesn't do it enough but if you think even like okay Los Angeles Galaxy is not the same as European football we all know that sorry American listeners but uh <laughs> When he arrived there in the States and he scored that goal as the first goal yeah, yeah, in the MLS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. how yeah. can you Who not love Zlatan Ibrahimovic? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> 
So the transfer window is open. Uh, best and worst rumours we've heard so far? I like the one about Ancelotti going to Everton. I thought that was a funny one. <laughs> it's not going to You already regret that. Up the top is I've also heard of Hammers going to Everton. There's nothing in that, though. Uh, I mean, there... What? Uh, go on, go on. Go on, Alex. I don't, I could, I could, I mean, if I was Hammers, I wouldn't do it, but I could see it happening. I think he wants to play more football. He's not getting it at Real Madrid. He, Ancelotti likes him. They love each other. I yeah. mean, he wanted this summer a lot. And that was mm. one of the reasons why he started to argue with De Laurentiis in Napoli, because he wanted James Rodriguez, but then they gave him Lozano instead of him. And what uh, happened that James didn't go to Napoli? Then what broke down? Was it money? Uh, was the, basically the, the demand of Real Madrid. They wanted to sell him immediately mm-hmm. while Napoli was offering a loan with an option to buy. Uh, and Real Madrid, after buying Munich, they said, no, we already did that. So, and okay. I think after what happened in the derby at the weekend, obviously the, the fans going to the training ground and, um, you know, the senior players calling out Ferg- Duncan Ferguson and stuff. Now that they've got Ancelotti, Everton have got to back him. And I think if he really wants Hammers, I, I think they'll try and make it happen. I don't, that, that, I don't think that's the worst rumour I've heard. Don't forget that Everton spend way more, more money than a lot of teams. Yeah, in, uh, they do have money. Yeah, yeah, so they have money. Enough. It's not that they don't have money so they cannot get James Rodriguez. It's the problem is that how can you get James Rodriguez if you're like bottoming the league? And, yeah, yeah. But Ancelotti's the big draw there, isn't he? He would obviously wouldn't go to Everton yeah. otherwise, I think. No, I know, I know. If David Moyes was in Everton, yeah, I couldn't yeah. see Hamels going there. Yeah. I think we have to wait for the summer to see some good signings. Yeah. Because now yeah. it's difficult to to convince a player to go there. Okay. Yeah. But, but then Dortmund signed Haaland in January. It's not impossible to get good deals done if you're yeah. a well-run club. Who yeah, but Haaland, I think we're going to talk about we're later. Gonna, yeah, we're I think yeah, it's, another, it's another thing in yeah. this case. Any other great rumours that are anybody wants to share? Jesse Lingard swapping with Madison <laughs> for like 40 million. Yeah. <laughs> Why would Leicester yeah, want Jesse exactly. Lingard? He must be the most overhyped player in the league. Jesse Lingard Stealing or James Madison? Jesse Lingard. <laughs> oh, okay. James Madison is brilliant. Yeah. I just don't know how he can have, what is it, like one goal and one assist in two years. There was a great stat from the Manchester Derby a few days ago. With Silva. Bernardo yeah, Silva yeah. scored more goals at Old Trafford than Jesse Lingard has in the last two years. <laughs> like, how man. can you put in those kind of performances or those poor results and still be in with a shout? I can't think of any other player who's so consistently poor but gets picked so much. At such a big club on such big money. Now with Mino Raiola's agent, we will we will hear about him. Yeah. Raiola's agent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I just saw that yeah. actually, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, since last week, he, I thought Mino Raiola... good players. Uh, but I think, I don't know. I'm now, so, I'm now trying to think of a terrible player who regularly gets picked for such a big club and I can't think of anybody worse there than Lingard. There isn't Mustafi. someone who's that much of a joke. Who? Mustafi is the one. Oh, Mustafi. Yeah, but he's not exactly on crazy money and he definitely doesn't pretend to be someone he's not. Yeah, true. I'm conflicted over Lingard because he is a terrible player, but he seems like a good bloke. Oh, I'm sure he's a lovely guy. It's nothing to do personal. Okay. It's just <laughs> on, the, on the pitch. It's just, he's one of those who, and uh, it sounds really harsh, and I've said it about loads of players before, that when you drop back down, you never come back up. Spurs were the worst for this in a, in a million years. We had so many players who got Champions League games for Tottenham, who, you know, were starting the old League Cup final back in the 2000s, who, as soon as they left, they're never coming back up. Mm. Ryan Mason, Tom Carroll, Andros Townsend. Tom Carroll. Fuck it, all these Huddleston. guys. Tom Huddleston, Jesse Lingard's the same. Basically, everyone in that Man United team who was kind of poor but did a good job for the team under Ferguson was fine. As soon as he left, I always, you always got to look at a player and say, if he wasn't already there, would they sign him? And the answer is inevitably no. What, Jesse Lingard is a definite yeah. no. Yeah, is, is a definite no. I can, I, mean, see so... I can see him at a Newcastle or somewhere like He's that. A, and, and, if, yeah. and if Newcastle signed him, he's not going to have the kind of few years that would make Man U go, you know what, it's probably worth bringing back. He's never coming back up. And I reckon that's why so many players stick around. Mm. I've also heard Jack Rodwell's back in the Premier League. That can't be yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that's bizarre. Bizarre. Well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. Did he sign him? Yeah. Ah. For, to the end of the season. Roma legend, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was going to be the next best thing, wasn't he, at Man City? It hasn't worked out for him, but I think under Chris Wilder, he was a very good coach. He could. It would do well to get into that Sheffield United team, though. That's that's the thing. He won't be a starter. That's the thing. No, no it's a numbers yeah. thing for yeah. the squad. That's, that's what I don't understand. He was released by Blackburn in the Championship at the end of last season. Was it Wigan? No, well, he was at Blackburn, yeah. 
Right. What he was at Blackburn, yeah. So how how are you not good enough for championship, but suddenly, you know, a team fighting for top six in the Premier like, yeah, you're good enough? Uh, I don't know. I th- There's a multitude of reasons behind yeah. it, but on the surface, that doesn't make any sense. But Sheffield United have already done it this season with Ravel Morrison as well. Oh, yeah, he's there. Yeah. Exactly. But with he him, never plays. But Rodos a different case to Morrison, I think. And, uh, and Yeah, because like, Morrison's got talent. And I think if any, and like I say, if any coach is going to get it out of... Yeah, well, it'll be Chris Wilder. I just, but, yeah, we'll I think it's a numbers thing. He might make a couple of sub appearances and he'll be released in the summer. You're a big fan of Chris Wilder. He was my manager at Oxford for for a little bit. Aha, he's, there we go. He's no, a he great was, manager. He was. I mean, even then, you could tell that he was just different level. He was. Yeah, he was in amazing. his techniques or his man management just or how his was training, it? just everything about him was was great. And he was sort of no nonsense, but in like a good way. He wasn't like a bully. Mm-hmm. And I'm not surprised that he's in the Premier League now and doing well. To be honest, do you ever hit him up and just say, "How's it going?" Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Would he remember you? Do you think? Uh, nah, probably not. No. I was like a 15 year old at the time. Well, maybe I don't know. Okay. Uh, the other great one is Aston Villa are going to sign a World Cup winner. I've missed this. Pepe Reina. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that seems of, like it's going to go through, right? You, this yeah, is, this it seems, your field. Seems, to, seems to happen, yeah. They try also with Christophe Piontek from AC Milan, but um doesn't look like, I think. I was talking about this in the office earlier with Dan, and it sparked a debate about whether Pepe Reina is actually a World Cup winner because he didn't play a minute. Uh, but he is. Yeah. He's got a medal. He's got a medal. He is, and. Uh, <laughs> you can't he, say that away from him. He's one of the locker room guys. <laughs> yeah. so, well, that's, that was my point. Yeah. He was like he's, the MC for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's uh, well loved by everyone and well respected, I think. Everyone needs a hype man <laughs> <laughs> before you go out on stage. <laughs> in Napoli, he was him. very much respected and. Uh, I think when he went to AC Milan, the plan was to sell Donnarumma and then, then didn't go through. That's why he went to AC Milan. So that's why also now... Oh, he got very little game time at Milan. Yeah, he played Europa League uh, last year and then this year they decided to not play Europa League. So there was yeah. no chance to, uh, okay. to play. Uh, so we mentioned Haaland earlier. What do we make of his dis- decision to snub United and join Dortmund? Very sensible. Mm-hmm. Very sensible, I think. Yeah, he wouldn't have. I mean, he would obviously would have. He looks like he'd have scored goals at Man United, but I think it. They're just a basket case of a club at the moment, so I think he's been represented very well there by his agent. It's very sensible, I think. Which is, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I think it's it's a good move for a good move for Salzburg. They got decent money. Dortmund, yeah, it's a good move for them. He looks like he'll slot straight in. And I just, I can't see it failing, really. It makes United look very bad. Mm, I don't even, think so, because... Think the, so there was like a 20 million release clause? Yeah, but even... the problem wasn't the money, because everyone was ready to pay for, for Alan. Even the commissions were not that high, so it wasn't a problem in this case. The thing is, he wanted to play every single game possible. That's what he asked every club he talked with. So Leipzig, Dortmund, Man United, because Solskjaer went to Salzburg talking with mm-hmm. um, with Ireland. Also Juventus approached him, Napoli. So there were a lot of teams that wanted him. Juventus would have been a ridiculous decision yeah, for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but they're looking for a striker and we are going to talk about that in one minute. Okay. Uh, Ireland... Francesca's now presenting. <laughs> <laughs> He's called the shop. <laughs> no, Haaland, he wanted to play. So that's the only thing he asked. Man United, of course he was going to play, but I was sure he was going to play every single minute he could. I've no, I'm not sure because, you know, there are strikers there. there I, well, are, I think I think he probably would have at Man United, but the problem is Man United aren't very good. Also, Minoraya so. said he will not bring any player to Man United yeah. as it stays right now. So, so that wasn't the case. But I, for example, if you make the decision between uh, Leipzig or Dortmund, I mean, Leipzig was going to make more sense because Salzburg is Red Bull like Leipzig. So mm. that was the easiest thing. But then the, the Timo, 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 Timo Werner, yeah. there are other strikers. They're chic, they're yeah, doing good. So, too. Yeah. so it's not that easy. While at Dortmund, now there is no striker, basically. And he's got a team nine. in champ- uh, playing Champions playing League. Champions League. Fighting for the title. And also Dortmund is famous to, you know, make these kids. Yeah. Champion mm. the He'll get better service at Dortmund than he would at United too. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not sure, but yeah. it's perfect for. I mean, if I have to decide between Man United and Dortmund right now, too easy. Yeah, it's easy. Too yeah. easy. Yeah. Well, you get to stay in Germany too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, be close to us, Francesca. <laughs> no, also like you know, he knows already the language. Like it's. It's easier, you know, going back, going from the Austrian league to the Bundesliga. It's a middle step between going to the Austrian mm. league to the 
Premier League. I mean, he, I'm sure he will go to the Premier League or La Liga or Serie A in two, three years. Mm. He won't stay in Bundesliga yeah. all his life. But it's the middle step. It's perfect for him right now. There's no need to rush yet. No, exactly. And the problem with United is they've got young players up front already. Mm. So it's not like if you went to Inter, oh, sorry, Inter, if you went to Juve and he was like, I'm sitting behind Cristiano Ronaldo, it'd be for like a year maximum. And you could understand that. Yeah. Mm. But the fact, if he's sitting behind Marshawn Rashford, who are literally like two or three years older than him, mm. he could be sitting behind them for like a decade. Yeah, but also for <laughs> the, I think they also respect more the the kids they have in, uh, in Manchester, mm. for example. I mean, they have these talents that they can, you know, ruin because they buy another player who is yeah. the same age. I mean... There was no option for United, so we're talking about mm. nothing right now. But yeah. uh, it makes sense for both parties. Yeah. And if there's one position that Man United don't need, it's, it's oh, another attack. Yeah. <laughs> if attacker. he was a central defender, I would say <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they should yeah. go, go yeah. to. Well, that's a big, yeah, it's a big problem for them, isn't yeah. it? Maguire out for yeah another couple of weeks, I think. Mm. Mm. So. And now they sell Ashley Young. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, yeah, you you are three intelligent football men. Why on earth are two clubs arguing over Ashley Young? <laughs> <laughs> because he's, United the latest is that United were going to offer him a contract extension and but he said he refused. no he's, he's refused okay. I think that makes sense because probably he was like oh you didn't care about me until now now the Inter want me you offer me a yeah. contract extension so that I think that makes sense mm. uh, explain why, this one Francesco this is because this is insane the thing is why Inter wants him I have no idea the thing is <laughs> uh, Conte is looking for uh, players that are ready to play as he wants and probably he wanted Ashley Young back in 2017 at Chelsea so probably he sees something in Ashley Young I have no idea who is but <laughs> at this point I have to trust Conte because every player he wanted he was good is this going to be like when Festina Vesprilla joined Newcastle and completely destroyed their, no, it's, their actually, title I think bit. he's a solid professional he's good on the ball He's not. He's playing at right back for Man United. Like that's not his position anyway. He's they're terrible. They're being exposed all over the place by a non midfield. That's not going to be the case in a, the game. Is slower at certain Serie. A. I think it's. I. I mean, it's not the first person I'd go for as as Antonio Conte, but I don't think it's the worst. Like I think. I to think the Inter now they're looking for a winger. It's cheap because they don't have to spend a lot of money for six months yeah. because at the end in the summer they're going to buy other players that position so he will be a backup maybe and uh, he's an experienced player mm. Conte knows him how much are they offering uh, to pay him? no no basically nothing like a few millions like and it's a, just a compensation for Man United probably the salary until June okay yeah. because he's going he's uh, out of the concert in, uh, in June so. from everything I've read it's like a big dressing room thing that why he's so respected oh. at Man United like everyone's how talks about how amazing he is in the dressing room the captain the leader everything good with young players so yeah I don't think it's the worst yeah. I don't think it's the worst idea from Inter to be honest it well, just I looks a bit more of a joke the outside <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know him better than me so so what he's going to go on is it initially on loan and then no no it's a a loan is impossible because it's the contract months. is expiring okay, yeah. this summer so mm-hmm. he can go on loan but um he will be bought by Inter by, I think, I would say one, two, three millions, no more. And then he will stay, I think, until 2021, a contract uh, here and a half. That's a nice little sojourn in Italy at yeah, the end of your not? career. Yeah. Why not? Hmm. With Conte. And I, I would say never underestimate Conte because he proved us that with Lukaku, he was right. I mean, we're hmm. seeing Italy that Lukaku... Hmm. With Conte is another player than the one we saw, we've seen in the last years. Uh, speaking of Juventus, as we were tangentially, uh, why did Mario Mandzukic not join one of the bigger clubs he was linked to? Because he was not approached by the bigger clubs oh. right now. And uh, basically the only uh, offer he had from, concrete offer he had from last summer was the one in Qatar. And I think he, will, he won't be the last club Mario Mandzukic will play. I think he will stay there for six months, maybe one year, and then we'll come back in another club in Europe. Oh, uh, a bit of warm weather training for a exactly, couple of months. Exactly, a training, uh, waiting for other offers. And we have seen that a lot in the last year. So, uh, But Juve, as I was saying, is looking for another striker. Which is not surprised because I've been saying that since. Oh, they've only got time. Like five of them. Mauricardi. So Juventus next summer, the big name for Juve will be Mauricardi. 
at the end of the season. Yeah, because Icardi, very likely, he will not stay at, Juve, at Paris Saint-Germain at the end of the season. Why not? Because he, in the contract with PSG and Inter, there is a clause that he has the one that has to decide at the end where he's going. I mean, if, even if PSG wants him, which they are actually right now, he can say, I don't want to stay, so... PSG doesn't have to buy me. He's doing well there, though. He's doing amazingly. He scored a hat-trick yesterday, so mm. he's, he's doing amazingly. And Juventus, very likely they will go for him in the summer. So here we go again with, you know, Inter, Juventus, all the same <laughs> thing. Right, yeah. but they, they, the Inter don't really need him. Or Juventus don't really need him, do they? Um, I mean, Who one year in? they will. I think Higuain is not going to stay a lot. Ronaldo is not going to stay a lot of years. Okay. So they need a striker. Okay. Uh, Christian Eriksen your friend oh anything but a friend <laughs> anything but your friend yeah. where's he going anybody got an answer for me uh, I hear please so many just anywhere things. but Tottenham <laughs> why don't you want to keep him he's good oh he's shite oh okay right. <laughs> the guy's useless he downed tools about 18 months ago and he's just the, the worst thing about him is yes he has some technical ability that's brilliant but he's just such a lack of effort he's the real opposite of what you want to see from a top level player in terms of attitude and it's just it's even made even worse by the fact you see a lot of players who do have a good attitude even when they're leaving okay and it's really uh, it's just he's ruined everything personally yeah, I wish people could see to discuss that Matt's yeah. face right now. And I wish people would watch more Tottenham games before saying, oh, Ericsson's great look at the stats because you get people pulling up assist charts from 2016 Okay. And I'm like, oh, come on, let's watch a bit of football. Before but he could have yeah. his pick of clubs, couldn't he? Yeah, Once he, he goes, And like in, in a, a, a league that's less physical, it'd be brilliant. Yeah. Right. And he sits deep against the, you know, the worst teams in England and he can pull the strings and great. But you lay a finger on him in a big, tough away game. He shirks it. He wimps out. Probably goes home crying. Wimps out. I haven't, <laughs> heard, that, I haven't heard that in about 20 oh, years. Honestly, wow. and, and the, the predictability of it is is the worst. I, f- I feel like there's a ranch brewing. <laughs> in, in no, that's just it. A that's big, it? A, a big team away from home, he has not got the minerals for it. <laughs> right well, now, the, Inter? Clo- yeah, the closest okay. team is Inter because mm. they already were in talks since last summer with him. Uh, they approached him uh, right after the end of the transfer window. And, uh, Why after the end? Oh, because it was confirmed. Because, no, because it's gonna, it's gonna, his contract is going to expire in the summer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Inter already has a kind of deal with the summer. We'll see if they will anticipate it mm-hmm. in, the, in the January transfer window. The thing is, Conte wants Vidal. We want, we know that. So he really wants Vidal, but um, it's another if, amazing one for me. I feel like Vidal's past his best. <sighs> I know Conte is difficult to understand. He wants okay. his players, and if they don't get him. He will be mad. So. I just want to see him fight Nangolan. I just want to see head to head whose mohawk is going to like catch <laughs> each other up also, the worst. If Vidal goes to Inter and Cagliari doesn't buy Nangolan in the summer, which is very likely, they will be t- training together It'll be even at better. Inter. So yeah. just imagine Vidal and Nangolan in the same team. What could Lo- go wrong? Yeah. What could go wrong, especially yeah. in the nights in Milan? Right. <laughs> now Alex and Matt uh, you watched a lot of Premier League football over the Christmas mm. break I assume so yeah. I thought we could do a sort of five things we've learned yeah. from all of that time um, first of all was there too much football oh, yes. everybody seems to be talking about this but there was too much football yeah. over Christmas was there but you just have to look at the injuries that players are suffering yeah. now it's just it is too much I know Christmas football is a tradition in England and I, we shouldn't get rid of Boxing Day I don't think but there was that game there was Boxing Day and then there was New Year's Day and then there was a whole round of fixtures in between there was absolutely no need for those mm. games to be there um, I think they should move the third round of the FA Cup uh, it yes. doesn't need to be the first weekend in January it can be pushed back and, and games are much faster players are running harder they're just they're knackered and that's the reason like people are complaining about you know Klopp changing all those players in the FA Cup and stuff the reason they have to change it is because players are so tired after three games over Christmas and so, of course he's going to give preference to the league yeah so I just yeah there is too much and I and I know they, they've got a break in February, but I just, that in such a, isn't, I know managers like to complain anyway, but they're right. There's so much and so little time. It's it's not good for Especially players. when you've then got League Cup action midweek as yeah. well. Right now. And it's not oh, good. Yeah. And it's just not good for the spectacle either. I know we had some good games over Christmas, but there's a lot of games that certainly the first halves were just terrible. And the worst thing about it for me is that it's then not even either. What like there was in 
the the disparity between how many days between each game yeah. and those things those things really do matter when you're on such a tight schedule if someone plays Saturday you know Sunday and you're like they got one day off you're like yeah but you've both got seven or eight days when you're talking one day as opposed to three days and Liverpool had the best Liverpool didn't even have an altered schedule they had three days between each game which is what yeah. many Champions League teams do and then Wolves had two days between yeah. playing City and then Liverpool and then pretty much every other team had they, at least a two day uh, yeah. just a one day break between other games I'm not saying it's Liverpool's fault it was the TV that changed no, but, it around no but these things but, affect title races yeah, and it, it should yeah. be taken seriously it affects title racing it's just you know if, if it's such a big deal to cram these games in just make it fair I'd scrap the League Cup yeah. yeah, I hate that competition. What? <laughs> but what, it brings nothing. No, no, it doesn't. Scrap it. And like you say, move the, move the tradition of the early FA yeah. Cup fixture. There's plenty of traditions we don't adhere to anymore. We can get yeah. rid of it. We can move it back. Yeah. I, I, not no, I, I'm not sure about that purely logistic wise. It can't go any earlier yeah, because it's like a million rounds. No, no, because the rounds aren't finished until the FA Cup. But they could. Round. Oh. But okay. there's like you well, know, there's like 700 teams that enter. But it. That, the re- But if you got rid of replays, then okay, yeah, Cup, that then, I agree. Oh, with. Then you could get, uh, that I agree with. Then you could find another weekend. Get rid of replays, rounds. and I mean, if you freed up, because they have FA Cup weekends up until the fifth round. So there's actually a weekend that's for it. If you scrap that, you could move the Premier League games that are bunched together over there. Keep it as a midweek tie. You know, there could be done so much more could be done to help for sure. Yeah, too much VAR. That's mm. another one. Yeah, take it away, Alex. That's that's your well, it's just useless, isn't it? <laughs> I just hate it so much. Like over Christmas, there was I think there was like eight goals in three days, no, two days where that were all disallowed because of the offside armpit. And I'm doing air quotes here. Um, I just it's so bad. I was in a I was watching it with my dad's and I think it was the Liverpool Wolves game when Wolves mm. had gold disallowed and he just walked out of the room and I'm not watching this anymore. I'm sick of he it. He got up and walked yeah, out of the room? he got up and walked out of the room so I'm sick of this. And I, well, I was doing the game so I couldn't but I felt exactly the same and it's just, they're taking so long over decisions. I get that there has to be a line for offside but I think the MLS have got it right at the moment. If, uh, if a decision takes over 20 seconds then it goes with the referees and the on-field decision it, and with stuff like the Liverpool goal there was one at Brighton there was like I said there was eight goals over the whole Christmas period it's creating more controversy goals like the Pookie one at Norwich that, that would not joke. that would yeah. not have been controversial if it was if it was given as a goal you know before VAR but would now be great it's great for fantasy football teams but, <laughs> but now it's been given as offside for the smallest of margins and it's creating a talking point where it wasn't there before and I just think we're not going to get back to a place where they get rid of VAR as much as I'd like that but yeah like I was saying I think MLS have got it right if okay. If but, it takes more than 20 seconds, then it just goes... With but the but that was decision. the rule. There's always a clear and obvious decision. I, d- I don't think... If clear- you spend three minutes, it's not clear and obvious. I don't think clear and obvious was ever actually in the rules, but... But it makes sense. But it does, it does make sense, yeah. especially when, you know, when you get down to like frame rates and where the oh, ball stuff and all that, that sort of stuff. Oh. And it's just... Yeah, it's just, okay. just creating controversy where it doesn't need to the be. The whole there. point is it's an assistant referee. So what you're saying is the referee has missed something. So what you're effectively saying is, by the way, ref, did you not see Pookie's armpit? What are you blind? Yeah. Well, of course he didn't. It's yeah. someone's armpit. Like it just nonsense. For me, it's ridiculous. And the, the worst thing about it for me, above all those crappy decisions, you said there were so many. The consistency of it is just shocking. Yeah. I just it's very much a Matt Rance day. But what I don't it is though. You, I, I want people to explain it. I want what, the VAR guys. What to I don't it. understand is at the World Cup it worked really well, and I don't really know what. The differences between the World Cup and now, I, I, mm. maybe the Premier League just aren't implementing it as well as, it, as the referees were at the mm. World Cup. But but even players like Connor Cody came out after the Wolves Liverpool game and was just like, "We hate it. We're not being the players aren't being listened mm. to." So yeah, there's it's something's got to change at the end of the season. Of course, none of it matters because the league's over already. Isn't well, it? makes the league null and void if you ask me. So sorry, Liverpool fans. <laughs> yeah, uh, is the title race is over. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah. th- that Leicester game on Boxing Day was just unbelievable. Leicester, for my money, well, they were second, probably now third best team in the league, and they just made them look so average at the at Leicester. 
Alexander Arnold was amazing. Mm. Just they're just humming. Like they can just. I bet Klopp doesn't even need to go into the changing room before a game now. They just every single player knows their job. You know exactly what they're doing. They're just the best coach team in the world. They're just so good. They're just so so. And it doesn't need, like with the FA Cup game. He can make eleven changes, and he's he's just established the mentality of that club where they're winners now. And it's yeah. it's amazing. It's uh, it's so amazing. From a pre- from a professional perspective, Alex, is there they will they know. Will they know that it's over or will they be even thinking about that? They always say, oh, it's game to game, whatever, but th- they, they must have something in their mind. I think you'd, <laughs> I've, they probably won't have looked at the table, I wouldn't have thought. They'll, I would imagine that they will look at like the big games to, cut, to come and mm. think this is where we can properly nail it down. But no, they, they've waited for 30 years and the club, everyone around the club will have sort of hammered that home it's 30 years 30 years 30 years mm. so I think they'll be so focused on it now that yeah it'd be amazing it'd be the biggest bottle job in history if they I, if I they don't, let it I don't now, think they're so. actually like in if you're in that position especially that it's the you know such a big thing so exciting for them I don't think they'll be looking per game as you know we're going to win here we're going to win there I reckon they just want to get out there because they enjoy it so much yeah and they just win that's the yeah, difference and they're winning yeah just, you, you're winning you yeah. want to go and play football you want to play in front of your fans you want to try really hard to keep that amazing feeling going you're probably not thinking you know oh we've got this next week or then that mm. you wake up every day and you've got a football game to play you want to win it I reckon they're riding that wave like you said in the changing room that and you just—they're not thinking about how many games are left or who's next. They just want to play football because they're doing it so well. You just looked, have to look at how players are reacting when they're being taken off. Like they don't want to come off because they, mm. they feel like they can score more goals and they can contribute more. And I think that just sort of says everything yeah. to how what, what Klopp has done at that. Will club. they go unbeaten for the entire season? I, c- I mean, I can't see anyone beating them. You can't see anyone beating them. <laughs> Even if they don't, yeah. I mean, you're prone to a, a lapse, yeah, the odd off yeah. game. I mean, they do have to go to Manchester City, Chelsea. Tottenham. And Spurs. Oh, God, don't even. <laughs> that is going to be embarrassing. If it's under 5-0, I'll be happy. Um, can we mention a little bit about Tottenham then? We can, given, do, yeah. given Kane is injured, is that the season oh, over? That is. There, there is the, the all hope is lost at Spurs. And it's nothing to do with Mourinho. It was po- Pochettino. like a true fan. Yeah, Pochettino said it I like the difference that people say oh Mourinho's you know complaining about needing players he's not Mourinho's just got a different style of saying it Pochettino said the same things Mourinho did it's going to be you know a painful rebuild whereas Mourinho would say I need players (laughs) they've got the same thing it's clear that from within side Daniel Levy is aiming to sell the club does not want to invest any more money in it and Enoch as a company don't either um and yeah, he's just kind of hoping that we can just about get by and maybe scrape into the Champions League again. I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, the Wait, players You don't for think me, you'll make top four? No. And the players, for me, have to take the blame from here on out. They're just not good enough. There are three players at Spurs who are good enough. If I was manager, who I'd keep. The Kane, rest of them get rid Kane, is Kane one of the best strikers in the world. You're not looking to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Min Son, who's been Spurs' best mm-hmm. player for about two Hugo Lloris. No, he can, he's <laughs> dreadful. Um, and... Tangi Ndombele, who is, looks very injury prone and been very injured. But when he does get on the ball, when he's only 22, his ability is phenomenal. Deli Alli's done well, though. Oh, mate, I know he blows hot yeah. and cold, but he has done well. Deli Alli has done well, but he's one of them who, uh, just for me personally, from when I watch Deli Alli, is the most frustrating player yeah. and really lacks... Um, really lacks anything to take him to the top level with Dele Alli. For me, he'll always be one below because he doesn't have that sort of attribute to rely on. Okay. And yeah, the rest of them, kick him out. Your North London neighbours are, mm. of course, Arsenal. New manager, Mikel Arteta. Are we impressed yeah. so far? I I have been, I think. You sound a bit tentative. Yeah. It couldn't get worse, though. No, I think <laughs> they have, but they look, even in these few short weeks since he's been appointed, they look like they're being coached which is which says so much about Emery yeah. and the little what he did at the club. I think they just they're pressing, they sort of everyone sort of knows their positions which I mean is the basics, but that was not the case at all when Emery was there. I I like I like Arteta, I like what he says. I just 
I don't know, Arsenal, as long as they've got that squad and they've got those players, I just, they can't keep relying on Aubameyang, Lacazette, the mm. forwards. Especially when Aubameyang is leaving. At some yeah, time. I mean, you just have to look at that back five and it's just a joke. It's mid-table. The, the thing is, that is, as stupid as it sounds, it is true that when you have someone absolutely terrible like Emery, the following manager to come in, not really counting Lundberg in there as well, if he has something anything about him or a style yeah. players are going to buy into it just so they don't feel like they did under Emery mm-hmm. so even if Arteta came in and said you know we're just going to do simple passing game like that's going to be you're going to press and you're going to keep the ball with simple players are going to buy into it players are going to be like yes I'm down for whatever just please don't make us be Emery's team yeah, anymore it's, it's and it's those next few months yeah, isn't it Cause that's it's what easy at, to buy into initially but then because that's what happened at Man United we'll yeah. probably go on to that in a minute but Solskjaer did well in the first few months because he wasn't Mourinho yeah. and now look what's happened But yeah. and that's that's what and I think Arteta is obviously a better coach than Solskjaer but it'd be interesting to see what happens from April onwards mm. how, or next March season on. yeah, next, yeah, next, yeah season next season yeah, because yeah. now until the end of the season it's one thing but like Solskjaer last year it's the same yeah. in this case even Mourinho even Celotti all mm. these managers that arrived in the middle of the season we can't really judge them until June yeah so we've one more talking point you have a choice between David Moyes <laughs> yeah. or uh, Manchester United which would you like to go for I think probably have to go for Manchester United <laughs> go Manchester United <laughs> hammering a real hammering um, Dan Burke was nervous before the game he'd no need to be no, it was yeah. easy no, uh, considering they lost to City last month he's got a right to be a bit nervous I think they're just well <laughs> They're just like crap cubed at the moment. Like everything about that club is just a joke. The way they're like from the board down, they're just an embarrassment really. Mm. Tuesday was, yeah, was so bad. Man City, I mean, it says so much about where Man United are at that City played well for half an hour and completely took their foot off the cast. The, the Pereira own goal was the reflection yeah. of the, yeah. of the and it was, United. And it, wasn't e- and it wasn't even close. I think... <laughs> It was January 2010 when City played Man United in the League Cup semi-final and Tevez and Neville got a bit nasty. I think that was the first time that Man City really thought, oh, we can compete with United. Mm. And a decade on, just look how far that there is between the yeah. two clubs now. It's ridiculous. And I think it's only going to get bigger. Until Woodward's in charge, until the Glazers are there, I, I can't see Man United turning I turn was kind of hoping they'd do more. I was hoping City would keep going. Yeah, five well, six. it's just been fun. Yeah, could have easily have been five. Yeah, hundred percent. But you just, I, I think you could probably go as far as to say that Solskjaer is the worst manager in the Premier League. Oh wow! I think he's up there with. I, um, I can't think of anyone worse. Farker, Norwich, I but I think terrible. he's a good coach. But he just hasn't. He yeah. wants to play a certain type of football. He hasn't got the players. Yeah. Solskjaer is doing nothing, and it's just not working is it and the, like he, I know people are saying oh he's playing the youngsters but it's not he's enough. throwing them in because he feels like he has to but a well run club would bring in McTominay playing for a few games and then bring him out either because he's had a bad game or they want to take him out the firing line or they don't want him to get too big for his boots but because Man United are where they are at the moment McTominay is the like main player in their midfield and it's just the club is as far as I'm aware and from what I've read is just an absolute shambles behind the scenes that was his get out of jail free card for the first few months was like oh don't have a go at the results I'm just playing the youngsters like you wanted that was his you know his saving grace but now you gotta have results yeah you have to have results and um, as and when Pochettino sat there waiting for a job, yeah, I that think worse, it's yeah. just yeah, it's ridiculous. Really. Uh, Francesco, any update on Pogba? Uh, I think he will leave in the summer, uh, as all the Mino Raiola players at Man United. Now he underwent the surgery, right? Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. I don't know how long he's going to stay out. I wow. I think from what I've read it says like six weeks to two months but I would be amazed if he plays again this season yeah it's very unlikely and uh, we have to see who wants him there were rumours that Inter wanted Pogba but I think I find it really difficult especially for the salary and everything I think I think one between um, PSG or Real Madrid okay one day financially it's so much easier for them than like Inter or you yeah yeah but let's say that now the price of Pogba is not the 110 millions that they paid uh, uh, (laughs) three years four years ago so probably half of it can we talk a little Serie A we should because the curse has been broken what oh oh, that one the Napoli curse 23 years after 1997 
I never seen in my life Inter winning at San Paolo. What was so that's Inter haven't won at Napoli. At Napoli in yeah. Serie A in Serie mm-hmm. A in two, two, 23 years. Yeah. yeah, that must be a sign, Francesco. That's the magical of Antonio Conte, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, the King Antonio. But it is like mentally, it, it must be a big deal for Inter to actually to do that. Yes, even if Napoli, we have to say, is not the team that was two, three years ago. It's another thing. But mentally, was always a tough game. Even when Mazzari was tr- coaching uh, Napoli, going to to that stadium with that um, with the players. So I think it's a it's a sign, and maybe not for the Scudetto yet, but for the fact that Inter is another team this year. Antonio Conte did jokes apart um, the magics because it really changed the mentality of the team uh, in six months not only the team but also the fans the board the management everyone now is in line with the, with the manager and when that happens good things is gonna, gonna happen right mm-hmm. because uh, in the past Conte proved that when he was in line with the with the sporting director or sometimes even with the fans he was going to ruin everything because he's the kind of manager that, that everyone has to be in the same page with him and right now it's happening so if you think about the midfield of Inter and the midfield of Napoli you will say how is that possible that Inter won that game because if you compare um, Alan, Fabian Ruiz, Zielinski, Cajon, Insigne with uh, uh, Candreva, Biraghi, uh, Brozovic, mm. Vecino and Gagliardini, yeah. you say, how is the possible Inter 1-3-1? But that's why Conte is a great manager, because he can change players. And that, going back to Ashley Young, why can be a good player? Because it doesn't matter the name, doesn't matter what the player has done in the last mm. two, three years. It's the system. It's the system and also what the manager, the coach is asking to the player. And if that works, any player can be good for Conte. Very much an end of an era, Napoli. Or it has that feeling, doesn't it? The feeling is that, yeah, they are in the end of the cycle. Um, some players don't want to stay there anymore, like Mertens, Cajon, Alan. Um, so it's it's very difficult right now. I feel sorry for Gattuso because I like him as a man, as also as a manager. I think he's uh, really underrated. If you see Milan this year, you you think or yeah. so Gattuso wasn't that bad last yeah. year at the end. He arrived fifth for one point. He was in the Champions League. So uh, I think now he has to try. Now he has a very difficult um, January because they play against Inter. Now they play against Fiorentina. Then there is Lazio. Then there is Juventus. Mm. I think no uh, Juventus first and then Lazio. So it's a very difficult schedule for him. Um, I really hope he can try to reassemble the team until the summer and then we'll see what's going to happen. You mentioned Lazio. Undefeated in the league since Inter beat them in September. Yeah. Nine league wins in a row. Inzaghi has broken Sven Goren's record, Sven Goren Eriksson's record, of course. They're one game less. So if they win the game they didn't play against Verona, they will go three points behind Inter Juve basically so they are they're there that's they it well, that's what I want to ask are they credible title challengers I would say the only credible title winner is Juventus to be honest uh, he has to Still. say that he's contractually obliged <laughs> but immobilized way ahead at the top of the goal scoring charts yeah 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 yeah, but him also, um, Milko Savic is back in form. Correa is doing amazingly. Yeah. So, but it's a system that works. And then it's, uh, they are in, we were talking about a team like Napoli, which is at the end of the cycle. This, the idea, the sense is that Lazio is, uh, at the peak of this cycle. So everything they do, they're doing the right moment in the right way. They won against Juventus in the Super Cup. So, Compared to, I don't know if they are title contenders, but compared to Inter, which is at the beginning of a cycle. So I wouldn't be surprised if Inter, in one month, they are they have some problems. I wouldn't sur- be surprised if Juve, like they have done in the last two, three months, they don't find really um, the balance tactically because, you know, adapting to Sarri, it's not that easy. So... What we can say is that while Inter and Juventus are work in progress for many different reasons, Lazio is solid. Lazio is there. So if they, they have a chance, I think they will get it. 
And mm. the only thing is that Inter and Juve, they have to drop points, which they are not doing at the moment. Even if this weekend it's huge in Serie A because there is uh, Inter-Atalanta, which is a big game right now. Atalanta is not the one that was a few years ago, so it's an important game for Inter. There is Roma-Juventus, and then there is Lazio-Napoli. So... Tough, tough weekend. Mm. Uh, a quick word on Daniele De Rossi. Oh, no more. Our favorite tattoo midfielder. I'm so sad because he was the... He was he was a hero for Italians in general. He was a World Cup winner. Now there is only Buffon. There is the World Cup winner still playing. Yeah. He's the only player still wow. playing. Yeah, yeah. 14 years later. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, Come back to this podcast about 10 years. Buffon will still be gold. But... Um, it was amazing to see the press conference, him saying, I will go back for my daughter. I will go back because uh, she needs me. I can't stay here. Oh, his family didn't go over to Argentina. No, the thing is, he had, uh, what they're saying is that his uh, first daughter is from another wed- mar- marriage. Mm-hmm. So like the agreements they had, she couldn't stay with him. So basically she's like a teenager. So probably she needed to stay closer to his dad. Mm-hmm. Plus they're saying that he, Physically, he couldn't he couldn't play anymore. So the two things combined, he decided to retire and start already the coaching career. So don't be surprised if we're gonna see the Rossi in Serie A soon as another in another way. Okay, at Roma. Uh, well, <laughs> it would be very very difficult, especially like it's like would be probably the best for him, but also very risky, you know, because. Coaching Roma at the beginning of his career, I think wouldn't be a good idea. I think he will start with young, um, uh, young players, probably in Roma. I don't know, and then he will go. He will go. I don't know, but he will start soon to manage, and that's it's perfect for him. For him, mm-hmm. I, I see him perfectly coaching in a, in a team. Okay, that's all from us today. My thanks to Matt Francesco and Alex. We'll be back next week. But should you miss us in the meantime, you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcast hit. And if you want to get in touch, podcast at onefootball.com. Yeah.